0: Hello, and welcome to the Wild Cornwall Podcast, brought to you by Cornwall Wildlife Trust. My name's Tom, and this is our first episode of 2023, and today we're bringing you an interview with Laura Fox, who works for the Environmental Records Centre for Cornwall and the Isles of Scilly. Laura is Data and Evidence Officer, and we met to chat all about what wildlife you might be able to spot in January. Well, Laura, great to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us on the Wild Cornwall podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks. And
0: it's a lovely January day. The sun is shining, but it's a bit chilly, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. It's nice
1: to have the sun out for a change, though.
0: It, it's lovely. And, but if you hear our teeth chattering, it's because it's a bit, bit chilly here <laughs> yeah. on the nature reserve. <laughs> Laura, so, start by telling me a bit about your role. What, what do you do each day?
1: Yeah, so I work at the Environmental Records Centre for Cornwall and the Isles of Scilly. And specifically, I um, work for the Wildlife Information Service, which is basically where you get questions answered about wildlife in Cornwall. Um, so anytime anyone wants to know anything about wildlife um, in Cornwall, they get in touch with the Cornwall Wildlife Trust, their questions come through to us and we do our best to answer them.
0: Right. And it's IRCUS for short, is that right?
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And, and what sort of questions do you get coming to you? What, what sort of things do people...
1: Oh, get in touch there. about all sorts of different things. Um, my favorite inquiries are when people w- have want to get something identified, they might send us a photo um, but th- yeah, we get questions about you know what's been digging in my garden and that sort of thing as well and um, we also get requests about data held at Irkis. Um so people want to know what species records we have that's for a whole variety of different reasons
0: yeah. And and tell us a little bit more about Urcus and and what what's involved and, and how, you know, ordinary people can record wildlife sightings.
1: Yeah, so um IRCUS is the central resource for all wildlife records in the county. Uh so we've got all of the species records, all the information about habitats and designations in Cornwall. Uh, so people get in touch for you know, they want to know about this Um, they want species records for environmental impact assessments or they want to inform conservation projects or just for you know students or landowners who want to um, just get a a baseline information about um, the place that they're studying Um, but we can't do this without um, getting information from you know local members of the public or organisations who actually Go out there and record wildlife and tell us about their sightings. Uh, So, the easiest way to do that is on our website. We've got a special um, recording form, um, and you can find that either by going through the Cornwall Wildlife Trust website or you can just search for IRCIS online. And then there's this drop down tab for share sightings, and it's all quite easy to use really. You've also got an app but I recommend looking at the website first, just to sort of um, understand what it's all about and, uh, and create an account.
0: And you can get to the app from the website can't you is that right?
1: That's right yeah yeah there's a link on there um, if, you, if you're doing it off your phone then you can go to the um, Google Play or the Apple App Store to download it as well.
0: And can anyone record a, a sighting or do you need to have some level of expertise first?
1: Oh well, anyone can, can add a species record, um, you know anyone can identify say a, a robin for example so, or a fox, um, but obviously if you have got that extra species knowledge then um, you can record other things as well that other people might not be able to and that's obviously very valuable.
0: Mm. And is is wildlife something that you've been interested in all of your your life? When you were five, did you imagine that this (laughs) is the job you'd be doing?
1: Oh well, maybe not. Um, When I was five I didn't imagine I'd be doing this but uh, certainly I've always been interested in animals and wildlife. Uh, My parents were always very keen to instill a love of animals and uh, well it succeeded basically. Yeah. Um, I got into bird watching when I was a teenager and um, went on to study environmental conservation at college. And uh, it wasn't long after that that I found out about Urki and realized that's where I wanted to work
0: and you you came here as a volunteer first before before you were a full-time employee how did How did yeah. that work?
1: Yeah, well it was yeah, it was around about the time that I was studying college, um, and I just thought that um, Urkus seemed like such a fantastic place to work, so I decided to get in touch and start volunteering here and um, after a couple of years I actually managed to get a job here uh, and that was about 10 years ago now.
0: Right, great. So it sounds like it's the ideal role for you.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. I kind of feel like it's my dream job really.
0: Well as we said it's a a cold January day. Often lots of people think January might not be a great time for wildlife watching Um, and it can be a difficult time of year for lots of people People talk about having the January blues and, and things. What about for you? Do, you? do you have a favourite season in which to spot yeah, wildlife?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's got to be the spring, because there's just this feeling of excitement and anticipation. Like, there's all this energy locked away that's just ready to burst out. And you get to a certain point in the season when every day you see something new, whether it's a, a new type of insect or a new flower or a new bird singing, and it's just, Really exciting.
0: Yeah, well, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about in January? Is uh, is there anything for us to see at this time of year?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's still loads of wildlife around at any time of year, uh, even though it may not be so obvious. Um, uh, these past couple of months, it's actually been quite unusual. It's it hasn't been a typical year at all. Like people have been seeing wild strawberries in December. So it's kind of difficult to predict what you're going to see this month. Um, but typically we would expect to see queen bumblebees starting to come out now, coming out of hibernation, looking for a place to nest. Um, these great, huge, f- fluffy things flying around. Where, um, where might
0: we p- potentially spot a queen bumblebee? Any, any thoughts?
1: Oh, well, the, you can see them in parks, in gardens, in woodlands. Um, all sorts of different places Yeah. Um, the other thing that um, we see around now is frog spawn, uh, in Cornwall you can see it as early as November on the lizard um, but as you go further east it takes longer to turn up so you know, people living right on the east of Cornwall might not see it until February but I think people on the west, have, have a lot of people have got frog spawn turning up in their ponds around now um, and then then one of my favourite flowers, lesser celandine, um, will be appearing soon. I think it started appearing already. Um, this lovely little star-shaped yellow flower um, carpeting the woodland floor. And with that, you start to get things, uh, solitary bees and other insects coming to, to pollinate them.
0: Have you got any recommendations of, of where you might go in Cornwall to see lesser celandine?
1: Uh, pretty much any woodland. Uh, you can also see it growing on Cornish hedges, of course, yeah, mm.
0: I went to Hawkes Wood this time last year, and there was some beautiful ss seven there, actually, yeah, one of, our, <laughs> one of our nature reserves in near Wadebridge,
1: yeah
0: so actually, it sounds like you know there are quite a few things that we can enjoy, yeah seeing yeah. at this point of the year, and it's and it's also the time where we begin to get excited, as you said about looking forward to spring, so
1: absolutely yeah,
0: yeah, and um Against that backdrop, of course, is that that bigger picture of decline, and I'm sure in the work you do, you're well aware of that. How how concerned should we be about decline in wildlife?
1: Yeah, this it is a big concern. Um, just uh, a few years ago, we developed the first ever uh, state of nature for Cornwall, uh, which is based on data from that's held at Ircus, and there were some pretty scary figures in there. It's it's a general picture of decline, but uh, um, just to give you some idea, nearly half of terrestrial mammals are found in fewer places, three-fifths of butterflies are found in fewer places and nearly half of breeding birds have declined. So it's uh, it's not a very, very good picture really, it's just um, nature's been getting more and more pressure from all different sides really.
0: So it's uh, it's quite bleak, really, when you when mm. you think of some of those statistics. You can actually download the full report on our website, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. You'd like to read it. Yeah. And 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 could anyone listening to this who is concerned about that decline? Wh- what advice would you have for what an ordinary person can do about this unfolding ecological emergency?
1: Oh, there are there are so many things that people can do to help, but it kind of depends on you know, how much resource you have available. So, it's, for instance, if you've got a bit of space, whether that's a garden or a piece of land, then maybe consider putting some of that over to wildlife. Um, I'm not going to go into any details because I, I could talk for ages about that, but uh, there are plenty of ideas on the website, of mm-hmm. course. Um, then if you've got a bit of time, you could see if there's a local volunteer group, and help out your local wildlife reserve. Um, wild, wild space um, and if you've got money then obviously it'd be great if you could join the Commonwealth Wildlife Trust but also um, vote with your wallet, you know, choose the ethical companies, um, choose the ones that have got good um, environmental reporting or use less plastic, less pesticides, um, less greenhouse gases. Um, one of the best ways to do that of course is to buy local, so um, I get a local veg box which is, you know, ticks all the boxes.
0: Absolutely, and it 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 so it does seem as though, although the picture is bleak, there are things we can do. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. No
0: matter how small they're worth doing.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite thing in the natural world? What's your favorite experience to, to go and see if you've got a day off?
1: Oh, well, it's kind of difficult to pin that down because there's so many aspects of the natural world that I love. Um, I, I do really love butterflies and I walk a butterfly transect every week in the summer months so it, it's great to um, basically walk around my local patch every week and see what's changed from yeah. week to week um, but yeah there's, there's so many different things that I just love.
0: <laughs> top, top butterfly?
1: top butterfly, uh, silver-studded blue, because it just, it's just epitomises Cornwall. Yeah. It, it's see, that butterfly that you get on the mining sites and in the sand dunes, and yeah, it's a beautiful little butterfly.
0: So you're looking forward to that later on this year?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: One, one final question for you, Laura. I want you to imagine that you're stranded on our nature reserve, Blue Island, for a whole year. Yeah. and um, I'm letting you take three things with you uh, one is um, a book the second is a, a luxury item of your choice and the third is a year's supply of a Cornish edible yeah what, what would your three choices be what, what book would you recommend
1: oh well um, the book's a tricky one because uh, there's so many books I could bring um, if I was standing on New Island actually it'd probably be an identification guide because there's so much on New Island that I would like to study and yeah I would probably bring something like um yeah the insect identification guide for that great
0: and your luxury item
1: um would be my close focusing binoculars okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're fantastic for um looking at dragonflies and butterflies brilliant yeah <laughs>
0: And what about your edible? What's your luxury Cornish edible?
1: Yeah, I was I was almost thinking about clotted um, cream, but I'm trying to be vegan, so it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I have to go for the pasty. Pasty. Yeah. Vegan pasty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's definitely getting quite chilly out here, so I think it's time to get back in for a cup of tea now. Yeah. Laura, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Bye bye. That's all for today on the Wild Cornwall podcast. If you'd like to submit a wildlife sighting or find out more about ERCAS, then head over to the website ercus.org.uk. that's E-R-C-C-I-S. And if you're not already a member of Cornwall Wildlife Trust, why not take advantage of our half price January offer while it's still available? Just go to CornwallWildlifetrust.org.uk. All of the links are in the show notes. That's all for today. Thanks for listening.